0: Brother. You can't have one without the so if you were watching the Emmys Monday night or you spent any time online afterwards, you know the big story of that award show was Christina Applegate coming on stage as a presenter with her cane and was very upfront about the fact that she is a woman and an actress living with multiple sclerosis. Uh, She was comical in her delivery. She took the audience to task. You're totally shaming me with disability by standing up. It's fine. Okay. was a great moment to talk about what is happening with multiple sclerosis in this province in this country because we always hear we have such high rates so joining us for a conversation this afternoon dr sarah morrow director of the multiple sclerosis program co-director of the multiple sclerosis research program at the hotchkiss brain institute thank you so much in your busy time for joining
1: us today doctor well thank you so much for asking me to talk about a topic that is very near and dear to my heart
0: so you are the brand new director here, right? You, you just came this year, last year. So you're fairly new to our city and the program?
1: Absolutely. I just started October 1st with the University of Calgary and AHS.
0: So you just said this is a topic that's near and dear to your heart. Can you explain that a little bit? Absolutely. Although I'm
1: new to Calgary, I have been working in the field of multiple sclerosis for the last 10 to 15 years-ish. Uh, if you take into some of my training. So I've been working with people with MS and doing research in the field of MS for quite a long time, such that I've had the opportunity to get to know people living with MS and understand their day-to-day struggles and what's important to them, as well as where we can go in terms of trying to support them with the research that we're doing.
0: Now, I read that the clinic at the University of Calgary opened up back in 1976. How far far or how limited has the research and development of understanding
1: of multiple sclerosis been since that time? It has expanded significantly and the University of Calgary is really one of the leaders in MS research in Canada and internationally. So now our clinic is the largest clinic in Canada. We have 11 MS neurologists who look after people with MS Supported at two sites. So we work both at the Foothills Hospital but also the South Health Campus Hospital, running full MS clinics at both sites, supported by nursing staff, PT, OT, speech language pathologists, psychiatry, psychology. It's really a multidisciplinary care approach, which you don't always see in all MS clinics. It's something that's unique to the Calgary. Clinic. That is one of the reasons I wanted to come and work here because we're able to provide such excellent care to our people living with MS. Alberta, specifically South, uh, South Alberta, has a high rate of multiple sclerosis. We follow about 5,000 people living with multiple sclerosis in our clinic.
0: Joining us, by the way, is Dr. Sarah Morrow, director of the Multiple Sclerosis Program and co-director of the MS Research Program at Hotchkiss Brain Institute, also a professor at the University of Calgary. And so do we have a better understanding now of why the rates of MS are higher in Alberta and higher in Canada than the rest of the world? Where has that research led us? We
1: have somewhat of an idea. And a lot of people don't like it when we have negative results of research but honestly sometimes negative results help us decide what the next question is to ask so although we don't know what the cause is we are learning more and more about what leads to the ms diagnosis or what leads someone to develop ms as well as what leads to disability overall. So one of the areas uh, that's been researched is in the area of vitamin D. So the thought that exposure in childhood or exposure as we're developing kind of through our um, puberty um, might influence whether you develop MS in the future. So obviously living quite far north in the hemisphere, we are less exposed to vitamin D. Uh, one of our researchers here, Dr. Jody Burton, has been looking at whether vitamin D supplementation at the time of an MS relapse or new MS symptoms might influence the course of multiple sclerosis. So we're still learning more about how vitamin D interplays with MS. The other is is there's been quite a bit of research into viruses. So we may be exposed to different viruses in our northern hemisphere than you may when you're closer to the equator. Uh, one of the ones that's quite exciting is EBV. I'm sure many of your audience members have heard about it. It's the monovirus or the kissing disease virus mm-hmm. that recently, not necessarily at our site, but in other sites, has been shown to be involved with multiple sclerosis. But it allows us, even though that might not be our primary area, it allows us to start thinking about how this could be incorporated in some of the research we're doing. So when you look at kind of whether a virus is what's triggering MS, we can then start looking at how does that affect the brain cells and how does that affect the connection between your immune system and your brain and see how that affects your MS diagnosis and progression over time. So there's quite a bit of work coming from our researchers uh, looking at biomarkers, looking at the gut-brain axis from Dr. Uzman and Dr. Kamara Lemeroy, looking at these things in MS and seeing how that might propagate MS symptoms through the course of the disease.
0: Now, the starting point for this conversation was the attention that Christina Applegate has brought to MS since her appearance on the Emmys on Monday night. She was inspired ...to get tested and start considering MS by her friend, actress Selma Blair. So the other pieces, are women still affected by MS more than men?
1: Absolutely. So we don't fully understand why, but the ratio of men to women affected is about 1 to 3 or 1 to 4. So it does affect women more commonly. Having said that, it still does affect men. So we do need to keep in mind that it is not just a woman-only disease men can be affected uh, and the progressive type of disease uh, so there's kind of two types in general this relapsing onset or this progressive onset the progressive onset disease does tend to affect men and women more equally so the relapsing form of which definitely Selma Hayek has been diagnosed with um, is more common in women I think based on what she's presented I think Christina Applegate has been diagnosed with the progressive type she has not disclosed her, t- her diagnosis, which, of course, is her business. Um, but just based on what I know from her presentation and, and what I know about MS, I do think she's likely the progressive type of MS. I do like the fact that people are talking about multiple sclerosis, that Christina is talking about it at the Emmys and allowing people to disclose their diagnosis and not feel as if that's something shameful. Mm-hmm. Most of the people, when I diagnose them with MS, I say, you know, there's probably people living with MS you just don't know because they're living a normal life and doing everything they want to do, and they don't need to tell you they have MS. But that then makes people feel isolated, makes them feel alone, and not knowing who to talk to and who has the same lived experience as them. So seeing someone like Christina come out and say, it is okay that I have MS, I can still do what I want to do, I hope will inspire people to share their diagnosis and allow others to realize that people are living with MS and living a normal life, and we, as healthcare practitioners, can support them in doing that.